When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. The Baltimore Ravens can officially franchise tag Lamar Jackson, but will they? This is Joe and Amber at ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Joe Fort Ma hanging out with you. Find him on social. Tell him how weird it is that he stretches before a pool day at Joe Fort Ma. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. So teams can officially franchise tag players tag season has opened officially as of today Lamar Jackson of course being the player I think with the biggest name that we're concerned whether he's going to get tagged and Joe also concerned what kind of tag the Ravens are going to use on Lamar Jackson assuming that they still can't get a deal worked out they can use an exclusive franchise tag or a non-exclusive tag on him the exclusive tag will cost them something like 45 million bucks. It would also mean that Lamar Jackson is going to be a Baltimore Raven, right? Assuming he signs the tag, because that's a whole separate conversation aspect of this. Then there's a non-exclusive tag that they could hit him with. That's more like 32 and a half million that's going to cost them. So significantly different in terms of money. Now, obviously, other teams can match that tag, though. And they either will end up having to match the other team's offer or they get a couple first-round picks in return. Adam Schefter, our ESPN NFL insider, was on the Adam Schefter podcast. He said that it might not be an exclusive tag for Lamar. The question becomes, will the Ravens use a regular franchise tag to the tune of $32 million plus dollars on Lamar Jackson or an exclusive franchise tag over $45 million. The exclusive franchise tag would prohibit other teams from negotiating with him. The non-exclusive franchise tag would mean that other teams could sign him to an offer sheet that the Ravens would have the chance to match. And if they did not match, they then would get two first round draft picks in return. I know some people think the exclusive tag is more likely. I don't know if the Ravens want to venture into that financial territory. If there's another team out there that is willing to create an offer sheet that Lamar Jackson is willing to sign. And if the Ravens want to match it, they can. If not, they take two once. So a lot for the Baltimore Ravens to consider there, Joe. Uh, Where do you sit when we talk about non-exclusive, exclusive tags? And should any tag be in the same conversation as Lamar Jackson at this point? I think it's the exclusive tag. And then I think ultimately both sides come to an agreement on a long-term deal before the start of the season. And we put this long national saga behind us. I think both teams have made mistakes. And by both teams, I mean Lamar's team and Baltimore's team have made some mistakes throughout this process. The Ravens probably should have figured out a way to get something done a little bit sooner. Lamar, I'm not going to say he should have hired an agent, but he probably shouldn't have used Deshaun Watson's deal as the deal that he's going after, as the deal that he needs to have matched. The Browns are an awful franchise. They have always been a pathetic franchise. Of course, they were going to make a huge mistake with Deshaun Watson. And so far, it looks like a terrible deal. The Ravens are not like that. The Ravens are smart. The Ravens are consistent. The Ravens are intelligent when it comes to getting deals done. So they were never going to go that route. So I think ultimately what's going to happen is that it's going to be the exclusive tag that leads to a deal. Why? If you're Baltimore, what's plan B here? 
what is plan B if you don't have Lamar Jackson? You're sitting on a defense that ranked number three in the NFL in scoring last year. You just brought in Todd Monken from the University of Georgia to be your offensive coordinator. What do you think you told Monken? Yeah, we'd love you to leave the two-time defending national champions where you're having a ton of success to join us in a situation where we're probably going to let Lamar go and we have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. Like, I think Monken has an idea that the Ravens are going to get something done. I think ultimately they, they work together to get a deal done, and both sides are happy because I don't know what the plan B is for the Ravens, and Lamar's going to want to make some money. If he doesn't want to sign that tag and he's just going to sit out and not negotiate, he ain't going to get paid. Well, so the non-exclusive tag, the plan B, would probably be draft a quarterback in the future, right? Because you are talking about a potential top 10 pick that the Ravens would probably take in return for Lamar Jackson if they used a non-exclusive tag on him and watched him walk away because they don't want to come up to the plate and match the offer sheet. So that would be likely, certainly that would be a complete swerve for that franchise in terms of the direction that it's headed. The problem with an exclusive tag, like you're mentioning, is the fact that then that means $45 million this season. It would mean $45 million if he held their feet to the fire next season on another exclusive tag. So the starting point with negotiations would be, okay, I want $100 million guaranteed. Because that's at, at least what I'm going to get, even if you guys just franchise tag me on the exclusive tag for the next two seasons. So the second they start going down the exclusive tag route, in terms of the negotiation of the actual contract, that becomes more difficult for the Baltimore Ravens, assuming that it's the guaranteed money that has been the sticking point this whole time. And we're all making that assumption. And there's been some like, you know, kind of leaks, but there's not many because Lamar represents himself along with his mother. So we don't get as many leaks as usual. We don't really know what the position is here of Lamar, but assuming that we're all theorizing, it has a lot to do with guaranteed money that actually would hurt the Ravens position in terms of negotiating out a long-term deal. It's a lot of money when we're talking about an exclusive franchise tag and also a lot of money against the cap. So that becomes an additional problem because we're always talking about how the Ravens don't put the weapons around Lamar Jackson, right? He doesn't get the big name receivers. Maybe that was no C problem. Maybe one of the reasons that they're making a switch there, well, they're not maybe going to have the money in order to play with to bring in the huge free agent that you want in terms of a wide receiver since we're always talking about how Lamar deserves that help. So the exclusive tag has some problems here for the Baltimore Ravens. The non-exclusive tag, you run the risk of him leaving. And then all of these tags, you run the risk of him not signing the franchise tag. Now, that seems a little unbelievable because we're talking about a player coming off of a rookie deal. And although it all sounds like a ton of money to people like you and me in the world that Lamar Jackson lives in, it's not really a ton of money that he's made yet in his career, certainly for a player of his stature. So for him to not sign the tag and start losing the game checks once the season starts, that seems like a problem as well for him and seems like something that he wouldn't normally do. But who the heck knows? We don't know how he's been operating. I mean, normally you don't see a guy coming off of a, of a fifth year that was exercised on a rookie contract who's like him. Cash on the exclusive tag shouldn't be a problem for the Ravens. It's a big number, but they're ninth in available salary cap space right now with about $27 million, so they can probably figure that out. They can't do the non-exclusive tag because if someone comes in and offers him a boatload of cash, and rest assured, there are teams out there that would offer him a boatload of cash. Teams all over the league are desperate for a quarterback, let alone a guy like Jackson with incredible marketability as well as an MVP in tow. All right, Atlanta would throw a bank vault at him to bring Lamar Jackson to town. So 
that's problem number one, having to match the deal. Problem number two is you only get two first-round picks in return. That's not a great return on Lamar Jackson when Russell Wilson just went from Seattle to Denver in exchange for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, Noah Fant, a tight end, Drew Locke, a quarterback, and a defensive end in Shelby Harris. Like, if that's what Seattle got for Russell Wilson, you can't non-exclusive Lamar Jackson and let him go and get just two first-round picks in return. That's a terrible return on your investment. Letting someone else bid up the market is a terrible return on your investment. You go exclusive, and you use it as a weapon in negotiating to try to get a long-term deal done because ultimately, Lamar is going to want a long-term contract. He was hurt again. If you're Baltimore, take a look at the situation. With, the, with Jackson under center this year, you scored 24, 38, 37, 20, 19, 20. 23, 27, 27, 13, and 27 points. You had an explosive offense. When Jackson got hurt, you scored 10, 16, 3, 17, 13, and 16. And by the way, you lost three of those five games, and you didn't do anything long-term when he was out. So the Ravens know what they need to do. Jackson knows what he needs to do. I have full confidence that these two find a way to get a long-term deal done after applying the exclusive franchise tag. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, David Carr says his brother's free agency is going to be a quote-unquote long process. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Also check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Joe and Amber, Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh with you. Lots of Derek Carr talk here over the last few months, and it ain't over yet. We're still on Derek Carr watch like we're on Aaron Rodgers. Why this guy, Aaron Rodgers, trying to steal the shine of Derek Carr? Derek Carr is actually out there. He's actually available. Let's go ahead and give him his respect. Now, he met with the New York Jets. 
Apparently, it was a good meeting, according to our very own Jeff Darlington. However, the New York Jets didn't actually work out a deal yet with Derek Carr. So we don't know where his landing spot is. David Carr is Derek Carr's brother. David Carr is an NFL Network analyst. He was on the NFL Network, and he said everybody's going need to need to be patient. This is going to be quite the process. Derek had a great trip. So he went there to, to get a feel for how they work, you know, from the top down. And mm-hmm. everyone he met, and we knew he would love Robert Sala. I've known yeah. Robert for a while. MJ knows Robert. He's fantastic. And they hit it off, and they, they would love to work together. But there's a lot of questions that have to be asked. You know, he has to, he has to find out how the inner workings of, obviously, the front office works. But then also, I think the most important thing for him as a veteran quarterback, what is it going to be like as an offensive play caller and a quarterback in that relationship? Todd Downing is there. He has a relationship with Todd. Nathaniel Hackett is also there. So how does all that work? And, yeah. and they had a good, a, a good chat. They, they talked about a lot of different things. And obviously the team is, is just in need of a quarterback and some stability there. They have a lot of good components. There's a lot of things that are very positive about the Jets. He had a great trip. So it's, it, it's honestly, it's, it's going to be a long process, though. There's, yeah. He really only has the Saints, the Raiders, and the Jets to kind of compare those three places. Right. And so he wants to do his due diligence and see as many places as he can. So he's only met with the Saints and the New York Jets, obviously the reference there to the Raiders being uh, the organization that he departed from. So, so far, we're pretty early, I guess, in the process. You would think there's going to be some other teams out there that are going to be linked to Derek Carr, but these are the two teams that he has met with, and we've heard both meetings were good. I'm not sure, frankly, we'd hear if they weren't, Joe. The beautiful thing for Carr is that he kind of has a head start on the rest of the free agents in that he can go out there and openly, and I say openly because there's a lot of shenanigans that goes on behind the scenes, but that's the cost of doing business in the NFL and elsewhere. I I think everyone understands how that works. Teams are going to be talking when they shouldn't talk to agents, to players, to things of that nature. It's been going on for as long as free agencies existed. For Carr, He's out there. He's already a free agent. So he can talk. He can have these conversations out in the open. He doesn't have to hide from anything. At the same time, he should be doing his due diligence and he should be doing it quickly because the best guys sign early. Teams need to know in a salary cap league where they stand. There's a reason in baseball why free agency can go on for months. The old hot stove cools off after two months and then you still have big name signings because you don't have to worry about the money you're spending. You don't have to worry about whether or not if you miss out on this guy or you sign this guy, you won't be able to sign someone else because you'll be up against the cap. That's not the NFL. Teams need to know quickly. If you want a quarterback and Carr wants to take an extra week to sort it out and figure it out, that's fine. Derek Carr can do whatever he wants. But they're going to have to go talk to Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're going to possibly have to go talk to Geno Smith and any other free agent quarterbacks who might be out there. Because if you're one of these teams that's going to sit around waiting for Derek Carr, he's only going to one team. There's only one Derek Carr. And the other teams out there that end up missing, if they don't have a plan B, they're screwed this season. I mean, we haven't even heard about anything with Jimmy Garoppolo. And you're absolutely right. Like, there are other dominoes here to fall. Now, you would think that in terms of potential available quarterbacks, the biggest name on the list is Aaron Rodgers and maybe Lamar Jackson, right? But the problem is we don't know if either of those guys are going to be available at any point. I mean, it seems the most likely scenario to me, and I know some of the reports are suggesting otherwise, but it seems like the most likely scenario to me is those two guys who are under contract with their current team stay with their current teams because, oh, by the way, they're under contract with their current teams. At least with Derek Carr, he's out there. He's free. We know he's not staying where he is. Jimmy Garoppolo, as there's other, yes, there's other pieces to that puzzle, like a Jimmy G, not going to be as big, I don't think, name-wise, and just 
in terms of the longevity and consistency that Derek Carr has had numbers-wise, although Jimmy Garoppolo certainly has had success in the league in his own right, Derek Carr, I think, is probably the bigger name and from a durability perspective as well because that's one of the rubs there with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the problem exists on both sides of this equation for both Derek Carr and for the New York Jets. If Derek Carr is going to take his sweet time and he's going to flirt with every team in the room, then the risk that you're running is that the one team you actually want has already moved on from you because you've been too busy flirting with everybody else. From the New York Jets perspective, it's a lot of the same where you're running the risk that if you want to flirt with every quarterback that may potentially be available this season, that the one quarterback that was actually the best fit for you is going to end up signed with somebody else. If you're the Jets, how desperately do you want a quarterback that isn't Zach Wilson? And the second part to that is a competent quarterback, a capable quarterback, a guy like Carr, and then obviously the next step up would be a guy like Rodgers. And if the answer is we desperately want one of those guys, then you throw the bank vault at them. You go out and you make the aggressive move to bring them in. You court them every which way possible, and you get the deal done. And if they want to take their time, they can take their time. But you close. You go out and you close the deal. Otherwise, someone else is going to, and you're going to be stuck with Wilson. There's no screwing around in the NFL. Get aggressive. The Rams got aggressive. They went and won a Super Bowl. The Chiefs got aggressive, trading up for Patrick Mahomes. They ended up with one of the greatest all-time at quarterback. That's the position you can't swing and miss on. And if you can, you got to identify the problem early, and you got to move on. If the quarterback is the most important position in football— Do what it takes to get the guy that you like. If you think Carr is average, if he can slightly improve you, then don't bother. Don't waste your time. You're just going to be middling around like the Lions did for years with Matthew Stafford because they couldn't figure out how to build around him. If you think he's the guy that you can challenge for championships with, then go out and do what it takes because without a quarterback, you're dead in this league. Well, and do most people think that Derek Carr is more Matthew Stafford or more Patrick Mahomes? Because I would think more that Stafford. it's a little bit more Stafford <laughs> than more it is Stafford. Patrick Mahomes. And so you just made a pretty strong argument there for passing on Derek Carr uh, if you think he's more like Matthew Stafford. I mean, I think what we saw with a player like Matthew Stafford, and I consider Matthew Stafford an above-average quarterback, certainly. But what I think what you see with players like that that are maybe more like second-tier quarterbacks, that's not a huge knock. There's very few first-tier quarterbacks in my mind in the league. But the guy is a tier below the Patrick Mahomes of the world. What you see is when they're on the right team with the right pieces, they're going to win you Super Bowls. Like, they're not just going to get you along the way, but they actually are going to help win you championships. I do think Derek Carr could be one of those quarterbacks. It's a little hard to tell because his tenure with the Raiders, it's like Stafford's tenure with the Lions. Like, you think the talent's there, the numbers is there, the consistency have been there, and the availability has been there, but is the talent really where we think it is? And is it all really what we think it could be with the right pieces? Was it he was being stunted by the organization for so many of those years? Was it that we didn't realize the organization was being more stunted by his shortcomings all of those years than we realized? And that's one of those evaluations that's really hard to do unless you see it in a different uniform. And anyway, you kind of we're about to see Derek Carr in a different uniform. Well, the Raiders didn't do him any favors. They, right. they couldn't have been more inconsistent around him with the amount of head coaches he cycled through, with the amount of offensive coordinators and play callers he cycled through. Like, that's how you kill 
young talent at that position. You give them no consistency whatsoever. But at the same time, they did give them some weapons. Reggie McKenzie was the general manager there, gave him a great offensive line, and they put themselves in a position where they went to the playoffs, but unfortunately Carr got hurt. Now, late in the year or in his career, they bring in Devontae Adams. He had a chance, but then it's Josh McDaniels, and people are saying, well, McDaniels' system is too tough. So what is it? Is there always an excuse for Carr not being able to get the job done, or are there legitimately excuses for why at every turn there seemed to be a hang-up? We're about to find out, but whatever organization, if they choose wrong, if we find out the wrong way and they pay Derek Carr a boatload of money with a really long-term contract, that certainly can uh, hamper the success of any organization that he goes to, too, which I would imagine is the trepidation there. Joe and Amber, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's that simple. Also super simple to find him on social media. At Joe Fortenbaugh, that's how you do it. At Amber W Sports, that's how you find me. It is time now to sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Eric Bieniemy. He made a lateral move to become the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator. Chad Henney, who played in Kansas City during Biennemi's entire tenure there, told Keyshawn, Jaden, Will, and Max this morning that there's one main reason for Biennemi taking that job in Washington. I think uh, he just wants to get out of the shadow of Andy Reid, and um, I think he just wants to prove himself that he can go out and run an offense by himself, and I think he can do that. He's a leader of men, and I think this is the best chance for him to prove himself rather than kind of having the hierarchy around him. He can do it. I know he can get get it done. James Steele, he produces his show when he decides to show up to work. Stephen A. Smith worked on President's Day. James Steele, though, hair above (laughs) Stephen A. Smith on the hierarchy, did not show up to work on President's Day. We're happy to have you back, James. Well, are you? Uh, All right. (laughs) So, Joe, will this move ultimately work out for Eric Bieniemy? 
I want it to. I really do. Because he clearly wants to be a head coach. So many people were trying to figure out why he wasn't getting the head coaching job. And then it became a little bit more clear. He's not really your standard offensive coordinator. Andy Reid's running the show. Andy Reid's calling the plays. Biennemi was more like a Mike McDaniel in San Francisco, where McDaniel got a head coaching job. But he wasn't the calling the plays either. It was Kyle Shanahan. It's a tough spot because you're going to Washington. Who's the quarterback? And Ron Rivera, how much time does he have before the hot seat truly sets in? It hasn't gone well for Rivera. A new ownership's come a new ownership group's coming in as well. So they mm-hmm. might want to clean house at some point too. So the enemy may have just one year to prove himself. Tight window. Very tough ch- task to pull off. I think it's smart to try to get out of the shadow of Andy Reid, out from under it if you're the enemy and you do want to prove to the world that I can actually run an offense. I can I can play or I can call the plays. This isn't an Andy Reid thing that I had everything to do with those Super Bowl wins in Kansas City as well. I don't think that that's a bad move. I do find it interesting that he chose the commanders because of that ownership change in part. I mean, if you had an ownership structure already in place, then maybe you also would have some sort of like wink, wink, handshake deal that like, hey, when Rivera decides to move on or if we end up moving on from him, then you'd be in a pretty good position to be a coach in waiting and we know that there's an assistant head coach kind of role as well that he's taking on in terms of the control there in Washington but I do think that that ownership structure the way that it's going to change here with Snyder selling the team is an interesting place then for Biennemi to have gone I agree with Joe it means a very short window for Biennemi to prove himself but I do think that this move has everything to do with him trying to prove himself the Arizona Cardinals hired Eagles DC Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach recently he met with Rondell Moore for the first time and here's what that sounded like what's up hey what's up man how you doing good good shots explosives explosives you can run uh yeah so those noises kind of awkward yeah uh Amber what's the most awkward thing you've ever said or done when meeting someone for the first time um, I would say the most, <laughs> the most awkward thing I've ever said or done when meeting somebody, uh, I was, I hate embarrassing moments like this, like the moments that just live in your head. You know, I was, uh, it was when I was in Miami, um, and I was working for 790 the ticket, uh, as a, as a radio host. And I was at Pat Riley's press conference and I was meeting a lot of people, around the heat for the first time obviously I was on the flagship station of the heat whatever so I was meeting a beat writer for the Miami Herald who covered the heat uh, legendary uh, you know kind of writer had been in the business for a million years and I knew who he was and he was introducing himself and at the time I was standing with George Sedano and so he introduced himself the writer and he said his name and also he said, like, nice to meet you. He said, like, George. But he was, like, referencing George Sedano. And then I said to him, it's nice to meet you, George, even though I wasn't meeting George. <laughs> I was meeting somebody with a very different name than George because I was standing with George Sedano. That was, like, the stupid what embarrassing What the hell happened there? How did that life. happen? I was just... It was just You're meeting someone those... else and you... <laughs> yes. I, it was just, like, I'm just calling him the wrong name because I'm what? standing with the person. It's just stupid... And it was one of those embarrassing moments, and that lives in my head forever. And I'm guessing that Barry Jackson has no recollection of that moment at all. 
There's two things for me that I do that I can't stand about my, well, there's a lot of things I I do that I can't stand about myself, but when meeting people, there's two things. One of which is anytime I'm dealing with someone from an airline and I'm about to get on a plane or something and they say, have a nice flight. I always go, you too. Oh yeah, that's bad. And then I turn around and I go, why did I say that? They're not getting on a plane. Mm -hmm. You're an idiot. Number two, this is a very recent situation. In Cabo, I had the pleasure of dining at Flora Farms last week, which is a fantastic spot. And who, who's dining at the table next to me than none other than play-by-play voice of Monday Night Football, Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. And I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, that's Joe Buck. And she's like, who? And I'm like, yeah, I figured as much. I was like, don't worry about it. I want to shake his hand and go say hi. I've never met him. I'm a fan of his work. He's now at ESPN, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to interrupt the dinner. He's there with his family. He's doing the whole thing. I time it so that as they're all leaving, I can kind of intercept him, have a quick hello. Buck hits me with the extended handshake, and I hate the extended handshake because he stands there and he grips your hand, and as you're talking, you're just holding each other's hands, and I completely lose my train of thought in those moments because all I can think about is, when is this dude going to let go of my hand? Really? That's a thing, I think. He has assumed the power in the relationship. He has assumed the power in the conversation. I am now at his beck and call. I'm stumbling through my sentences. I'm just trying to escape the handshake, the elongated handshake. I mean, I'm good with Joe the extend, Buck, pump, so. and you're done. Buck got really? me good. Buck got me with the long handshake. I, I didn't know this was such a thing. I will say from a female perspective, at least from my perspective, I don't think much about handshakes. And if somebody was giving me a long one, I'm not sure it would throw me off my game in any way. I also oh, really? Don't know if I'd have really? A, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like it's a man thing. It's like, like that you're like somebody's asserting their dominance with the handshake. And like now we're throwing off our game because... Now I'm just in his grips because he's asserted his dominance with a hand. Like, I feel like that's more of a masculine quality, maybe, than a feminine quality. I don't know, because I really don't think much about handshakes. I got to be honest As to who you were meeting and you introduced yourself to the person you already knew, didn't you just tell that story? (laughs) Joe Buck would hit you with the long handshake and you'd have no idea what's happening. No idea. (laughs) That might be true. You think you're Joe Buck. It is time for a little feature inception here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers watch. That means a feature inside a feature. James Steele likes to call it feature inception. On his podcast today, Adam Schefter laid out the three possibilities for Aaron Rodgers next season. Here's Shefty on the Adam Schefter podcast. More and more, it just seems like he and the Green Bay Packers are destined to to divorce. Basically, Aaron Rodgers could decide to walk away and retire. He could decide to play for another team, in which case he would be traded, or he could return to the Green Bay Packers. Now, of those three options, returning to Green Bay seems like the least likely option, which means that Aaron Rodgers, in all probability, is going to retire or be traded. And so we wait to see if and when that happens, but nothing's going to happen until he gets back from this darkness retreat, whenever that is, and he sits down with the Green Bay Packers to discuss how they want to move forward. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. All right, Joe, so three options, retire, stay with the Packers, get traded, don't care about any of those things. Joe, how do you think the darkness retreat went? Ooh, that's an outstanding question. I, I think there's how it went, and there's what he's going to say about how it went. He's going <laughs> to tell us it was awesome, and he's going to sell the hell out of it because there's no way he would talk about something like this, go do it, and then come back and say he either bailed on it, hated it, disliked so it. 
He's absolutely going to tell you how awesome it was and how he got through it. I think that there's probably some benefit to him, but for a guy like that with access to all the fun and entertainment in the world, you probably don't want to shut yourself down for four days. Maybe one day. Maybe one day of silence in the dark, not four days. There's zero chance that that's an enjoyable experience, doing a darkness retreat for four days with no communication with anybody, anything, and no light. Like, there's no chance that's fun. He's going to say it was enlightening. Whether it was or not, he's going to say it was life-changing. Whether it was or not, Joe is so dead on in this. There's zero chance Aaron Rodgers comes out of a darkness retreat and says anything other than it was epic and it was life-changing and it awakened all things inside of him. And then he's still probably not going to tell us what the heck he's doing in terms of his football career. Anthony Edwards made his first All-Star Game appearance this weekend. The T-Wolves guard is averaging close to 25 points per game in his third season in the NBA. Malika Andrews sat down with him this weekend and asked him this. Who's the best player in the game right now? I think I think myself, yeah. I think of myself because I play both sides of the ball. Do you feel like you have something to prove? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I still got something to prove. Why? Uh, just feel like I'm the underdog. I was the number one pick and people still don't understand, like, like, people still walk up to me and was like, the, the first time Sammy played was yesterday. I ain't no use that good. So I feel like I still got something to prove. How often does that happen to you? All the time. So it makes me mad, too. Like, y'all don't be watching me play? So, yeah, I can't wait. So a, a little bit of an unexpected answer there, him thinking that he's the best player in the NBA. Uh, Amber, where uh, does Anthony Edwards rank among the best players in the NBA today? Oh, Top man. 10, 15, 20, 25, what do oh, you think? Oh, Anthony, listen, listen, boss. I love the confidence, right? Like that confidence got you to that number one pick. I, I guess live on that confidence. Believe in yourself more than anybody else even currently believes in you. A great player. He's coming along. He's developing. A great player. He's 21 years old uh that that ego appears unmatched not necessarily a bad thing though when we're talking about the career of a professional athlete i'm glad he believes in himself so much joe he ain't the best player in the nba i love this dude i don't care what he says he's fantastic he has gotten better every year in the nba points from 19 to 21 to 24 rebounds 4.7 to 4.8 to 5.9 assists 2.9 to 3.8 to 4.5 steals blocks it all does the same thing Highest field goal percentage of his career this year. Highest three-point percentage of his career this year. Every year he's gotten better. He went into Minnesota, which was supposed to be Carl Anthony Towns' team, and he immediately let the world know, Carl Anthony Towns, you ain't it. You can be a supporting player, but this is going to be my show. Edwards is absolutely legit. He's on his way to superstardom. I love the confidence. I love it. If he played in a marquee market like New York City, we'd be talking a hell of a lot more about him. A lot of players take a big leap in their third season. Anthony Edwards is definitely a player that has taken a leap here and can take a bigger one. I'm not suggesting he can. I'm just suggesting he ain't the best player in the NBA. But I'm glad he thinks he is, and maybe one day he will be. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, the best radio show easily on ESPN Radio. How can the XFL (laughs) be successful this time around? You know what? The best radio show in the world. Uh, We'll talk about it next. Joe and Amber, we're on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. XFL is off and running. Lots of interesting rules changes compared to the NFL. We're going to get into some of that in just a moment. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little money, honey. Let's do some pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Got my face kicked in last night. 0-2, minus 2.2 units. Last 12 shows, still profitable. 21-18, and plus 12.25 units. Thank God we hit that monster player prop a couple weeks back. It's keeping us afloat. rubbing off on you. James, yeah, James Steele jumping in has just ruined everything. Just what a mush. Yeah, <sighs> I, I listen. I retired. So you retired after one. one. You did yeah. pizza money one night. One time, and then you retired. It was bad, and uh, I'm retired from the from the game. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to let you retire. You can't possibly start a career and retire that poorly. You're going to need to do it again. You're going to need to get at least one winner, and then from there you can retire if you see fit. As I try to get back on track, this game starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. Texas minus 7 over Iowa State in college hoops. Since their home loss to Kansas State, Texas has been on a roll at home. 6-0 and straight up, winning by an average of 10 points per game. Iowa State's the exact opposite. 0-5 against the spread on their last five road games. They lost 7-11 of overall. Keep in mind with Texas, very good in the mid-range, very good at the rim. Those are areas where Iowa State struggles defensively. So we're laying the 7 with Texas over Iowa State. State, pizza money number one for tonight. The XFL has a lot of interesting rules changes. Uh, the XFL, uh, it's timing. Everyone's got the hangover now from the NFL behind them, Joe, and we're all very sad because football season is over, so the XFL comes in to save the day and to save us. There were quite a few rules changes, some of them that we saw in 2020. Those tiered extra points, double forward passes, those carried over from that 2020 season. The team's also lining up five yards apart for kickoffs where nobody can move uh, until somebody actually catches the ball. That that apparently resulted in fewer injuries and still a 92% return rate. Uh, So they went ahead and reutilized some of those rules that we saw before in the old XFL. But then they made some new enhancements to this version of the XFL as well, where now we get centralized command center. So we get like a behind-the-scenes Uh, look at all the replay reviews and the way that the officials are making their decision. Uh, You get the onside kick rules as well, where anytime uh, teams may now attempt to retain possession by converting a fourth and 15 play from their own 25 yard line. But that can only happen, sorry, in the fourth quarter rather. So a lot of kind of innovative things. Do you think any of this is carrying over to the NFL? The NFL did, by the way, carry over that sky cam from the XFL years ago. I like this. This is a proving ground. You had the first four games over the weekend. Experiment. Try something different. And if you're the NFL, pay attention because you might get some ideas from them. The fourth and 15 conversion for the um, substitute for the onside kick, I think that's your best angle right now. There's a lot of other stuff they're doing. Some of it's worth discussing is good. Some of it I'm going to need to warm up to. But for those who don't know, late in the game in the fourth quarter, In the NFL, where you'd be going for an onside kick that has what? Like a 4% chance of succeeding when you look at how the rules have been set up now for onside kicks. In the XFL, you have the ability to just abandon that completely. Convert a 4th and 15 play 
and you keep the ball. And we just saw that this past week, and there was a game where a team was trailing 15-3, to and they pulled it off. They converted the 4th and 15, and they went down and scored. That is awesome. That's a real-life play that has a chance of happening. The, the onside kick is outdated, and I know everyone looks at it, and they don't want to get too far away from the original rules because then it feels like you're changing the game. You have the purists out there. But the onside kick's worthless. A lot of people were upset when the, when the extra point got moved back. That's a hell of a lot more exciting now. More extra points are missed. More teams are going for it on two-point conversions than they ever have in the past. So I love that rule. And I think the NFL considered a rule like that, but they voted it down. Hopefully the XFL shows them they should reconsider it yet again. The XFL operates on different a different clock as well. They operate on a 35-second play clock. The game timing is quite different. The timeouts are increased from two to three per team per half. So you have a very different clock usage in the XFL than you did in the NFL. There's no coin toss for an overtime. There's no one possession wins and there's no ties. That's my favorite part of, I think the XFL rules is that there's no ties. They take alternating attempts from the opponent's five yard line in overtime, three attempts per team or until a winner is decided. I'm not a big fan of ties. So I do like that about the XFL. I like that the XFL, like you said, is a breeding ground to try some of these things. Like that's how it should be. We just saw it in baseball In baseball. They try all sorts of stuff in the minors. And then you actually see a little bit of it get implemented in the majors. Now the XFL is operating like the NFL minors in a way in that regard. Like we'll roll out some of these crazy rules changes, see how it goes. The return rate, on the kickoffs is one of those things that I could see, hey, if they're looking like, hey, we still get the returns and we still get the action, but it's a lot safer, then maybe that's something that they end up looking at if you're the NFL in the future. Plus, you can gamble. And if you like gambling on football, you can gamble on the XFL. And these are not tight lines. We've already seen two games this weekend where the favorite has already become the underdog. Like three-point moves because nobody really knows what's happening here. You can try. You can research it. You can handicap it to the best of your ability. But you can beat the market here. So ultimately... There's some fun to be had if you're going to be doing some gambling. I like the way they do it. So far, one weekend in, I'm a fan. I'm interested to see where it goes. And I think we have a Thursday night game this week, too, which is fantastic. Is Joe Fortball sitting there handicapping XFL, then? Like, are you researching XFL? I'm gambling on everything. Are you just taking your chances, or are you really researching I'm I'm taking tips from people who know what they're talking about. That's what I'm doing. I'm just That's always smart. I'm just going to take my tips straight from you. Coming up next, we're going to have some Jalen Hurts talk. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast.